Hello and welcome back to the Plutocracy Report. I'm your host, Vince Marcanti, and this is our seventh show. I hope you had a good week, but if you didn't, maybe things will get better for you because it's Friday. And hopefully we don't have any more extreme weather events and we can get outside and enjoy our time more. And to make things even better, I have a very special show for you today. You will hear a masterpiece that has never been played anywhere until 30 minutes from now. And this is a Progressive Radio Network exclusive. As my musical segment will be an original tune I co-wrote and performed on. And it will be played to the public for the first time ever. And not only is it relevant to nuclear war, but it'll make you laugh, hopefully, and blow your mind. So buckle up, buckaroos. Today we make history on PRN, the greatest radio network in the world. But first, very quickly, I want to give a weather report because this has been a very strange spring, and we should not ignore that. On the contrary, we need to prepare for accelerated climate change in our seasons and the potential for extreme weather events, like having backup power and necessary tools and preparation depending on your area, and survival essentials in reasonable stock. Or whatever, at least have a flashlight and a few candles ready. So, this is the weekly weather report from last week, from my neck of the woods, and I should tell you where that is. I'm near the Wisconsin border in Illinois. Yes, unfortunately, I'm in Illinois and pay unfairly high property tax because the next county north of me is Cook County, which we call Crook County, which is a county of Chicago and a large range of neighboring suburbs. And they tax the hell out of us, especially through property taxes. Even the small houses are expensive to own or rent. And that's because they found a way to change the rules to reevaluate property taxes and keep raising them. And Cook County is a tax-sucking cancer that affected the neighboring counties, too. So my, my county, which is called Lake, has property taxes just as bad. And the Democrats run Springfield, and their ringleader is this sly old conniving lawyer who had a life of privilege, of course, named Mike Madigan. And he is the House, Illinois House of Representatives speaker. And he controls the legislative process and the state, essentially. And he makes money from lawyers who we have to hire just to try and get your property taxes lowered. And these bloodsuckers get a percentage of any dough you may be able to claw back from the tax and waste Democrat parasites. I gotta assume it's getting close to the point where people around here may finally join me in protests and tax boycott on the second installment of this year's property tax schedule. Now that would get their attention, huh? Then we could rebudget and end waste, maybe save the state from bankruptcy. Uh, personally, I don't care if the state or country or corporations go bankrupt. I just don't want to see hardworking, honest people be forced to bankruptcy because they were taxed out of their homes. All right, maybe I'll pick up that conversation when we get closer to the sham elections later this year. So back to the weather. Last week, up until Wednesday, the forecast was for around 70 degrees and a beautiful day on Friday and upper 50s on Saturday with a chance of showers. 
And of course, I had a round of glorious golf planned out. (laughs) I was all excited about it. And I was going to beat my friends with great drives and putts and take all their money. And I couldn't wait. And then suddenly, reports totally changed. And what we got was 38 on Friday with rain and sleet. Same thing Saturday. Even colder with a few inches of heavy wet snow on Sunday. Uh, Monday, freezing. Tuesday, sucks. Uh, It's supposed to start warming up the rest of the week. But, uh, I mean, like Monday is 27 degrees below normal. I strongly suspect chemical ice nucleation was used again, and it's upsetting me. And perhaps it can't be helped, but you make it to the weekend, which is pathetically short, and the weather is crap. That just happens quite a bit around here. And the five-day outlooks or longer reports are never right anymore. And... They have to change the forecast every day. Here's a wider-ranging report from last weekend. Sunday will wrap up with heavy snow and strong winds impacting the Great Lakes, with at least a foot of additional snow possible. Significant freezing rain accumulation is also expected in lower Michigan and the northeast. Further south, severe thunderstorms, a few tornadoes, and flash flooding are possible in the southeast and portions of the mid-Atlantic. What's up south? Well, Oklahoma City, strong winds are fueling more than two dozen wildfires burning across Oklahoma and Texas. Authorities say one blaze in western Oklahoma is estimated to be nearly 40 miles across at its widest point. Oklahoma Forestry Service spokeswoman Michelle Walker says 14 wildfires in the state have charred more than 572 square miles. The largest is in Dewey County, where more than 375 square miles have been charred. Hundreds of people have been evacuated. There also are at least a dozen wildfires in Texas, including a 12-square-mile fire in Wheeler County in the Panhandle. Texas A&M Forest Service fire weather analyst Scott Breit says wind gusts of up to 55 miles per hour are fueling the fires. Saturday, that was last weekend. Anything else fueling the fires there, Scott? Like incendiary nanoparticles from geoengineering falling from the sky and trees that are unhealthy, dead, or dying? Nah, let's leave that stuff out. Don't want to alarm anyone. So the weather in America is like Game of Thrones, you know, a song of fire and ice. That show is becoming more relevant in our reality now. I wish I had a dragon to ride on right into Washington, D.C. and set things right. So be prepared for weather extremes as our climate undergoes an extreme shift. And we try to manipulate the climate with geoengineering. So we can get ready for intense heat when the sun finally does shine down on us. And the milky white skies will be all we see, even on cloudless days, because the nanoparticles that 45 to 50,000 feet are just floating in the lower the lower stratosphere you know cuz that's as high as our military jets can go of course the stated idea by the technocrats is that it's a good thing to reduce solar radiation this way and we should do it even if we're slowly killing everything else and shredding the ozone layer quicker i mean it's just more proof insane minds are in control How can anyone need more proof to that? It's so apparent. Now, moving on, 
We're going to talk about the Allied bankers and the war plutocrats and their unchallenged adventures in world hegemony. And here is my anticipated statement by millions around the world. This was released Sunday through Facebook. All right, everyone, let's just calm down here. I have come to my senses. Russia and the U.S., as well as nearly every country, is under control of plutocrats. Everyone calls them oligarchs in Russia, but it's the same goddamn thing. Yes, our rulers from the dark demonic shadows are inhumane and insane, but there probably won't be nuclear annihilation simply because nuclear war is bad for business, and all plutocrats want is their money to remain valuable, hence no nukes. You know, because that would cause instant devaluation of currency. This crap is just about being a spoiled loser. And our intent has been made clear. We will never leave Syria. Unless we the people overthrow the plutocrats. So, like the stage chemical attack, everything is just a show. They control the larger percent of the population by constructing and delivering their narrative through every mass media outlet. I guess it's easy for these big media people to follow their orders and never question anything because all they have to do is pretend to believe what they are told. And getting a big paycheck makes it easier not to question your own participation in spreading dangerous and vile propaganda. And to throw in another incentive, if you speak out against your bosses, they will make your life miserable. Or kill you if if you really make any waves. So the order followers that serve the plutocrats in any sector or capacity will probably continue to do so until we, the majority, demand our government back. And once these paid shills know we're on to them, they'll turn on their masters. But in the meantime, as you watch corporate media report on anything... Just sit back and let yourself become astounded at how one-sided, scripted, and biased every story and discussion is. I mean, even if you believe this stuff, it should amaze you how awful news reporting has become. This is how the highest-level plutocrats maintain control from the shadows. They shape our worldview through network TV. People have to get their news from somewhere, and a lot of people simply listen to one of the corporate news networks, and don't think for themselves. And that is their worldview, and they don't want it challenged. Having your belief system challenged can make your body and brain react like it's being attacked. Your heart rate picks up, you get angry. It feels like you're about to physically fight someone, and it's called cognitive dissonance. And look that up if you're not familiar with the term, because it's important and relevant. To me, it's just a form of lazy-mindedness and being unconcerned with truth. They think, uh, like Wolf Blitzer said, uh, Syria used gas on its own people. It's a major network, and they wouldn't lie. Well, I think things are finally changing, because even people who believe the official narrative are beginning to disagree with our government's conduct. Things have gotten that bad that even the sheep people are noticing how insane our behavior is. And this week, I feel a bit better about our chances for true consensus among a large majority of Americans to overthrow the plutocrats. 
eventually replacing them with good, honest people after banning money and politics. When we killed Libya, I said, this is a crime, and the Democrats were calling me a Gaddafi lover and that I should leave the country, and Obama did the right thing. And I'm seeing none of that anymore. People are catching on and waking up. And I feel hopeful about that. I hope I'm right. I'm going to give you my account of what went on in Syria over last weekend. And first, I'm going to use a tiny bit from a report that I found amusing to assist me. And this is from Blue Moon of Alabama, where bar flies get together. (laughs) I love this title. Listen. Fuck us. Strike Syria. (laughs) France, UK, and the US are the countries that committed this crime, and the acronym is F-U-K-U-S. Fuck us. (laughs) Now, I disagree with the starting statements. It says, The chemical incident on April 7 in Doma was designed to reverse Trump's publicly announced decision to order the U.S. military out of Syria. Now, that's bullcrap. Trump does not make decisions like that. He is simply a bad actor. He says things to appeal to his dim-witted base, like, We're pulling out of Syria, just like I promised, and then is given cover when everything he says is reversed. That's all it is. It's all a script, all a story, all a play. Come on, people. You people who think Trump is different, come back to reality. Don't be imbeciles. You know, some people still think it's the president's personal decision to drop bombs. Donald Trump is the commander-in-chief, and he makes the decisions. (laughs) Really? No, he's simply a sock puppet, like all the previous ones since JFK. Let me explain how it's done. The high-ranking military servant comes into the office, drops a file on the desk, and says, Mr. President, Assad hit his own people with gas, and we need to do something. Uh, okay. We will have the retaliatory plans drawn up for you to approve. Uh, okay. No president has gone against their orders since JFK. And the system is set. No one rocks the boat. Everything Trump says is a play to fool people. How can someone still believe we have a democracy? Face the fact of how it all works in our system. And more on the Donald later. Here is a part of the article I found more likely to be true. Last Friday night. Oh, and by the way, uh, thanks to the military sociopaths for waiting till after my show last Friday to do this horrific bombing. So my show sounded relevant. (laughs) But that was a close one. It was only a few hours later. Some 107 missiles and cruise missiles were fired against two research sites and eight military airports in Syria by U.S., French, and British troops. The Russian and Syrian forces were warned. People and equipment had been moved. The Russian forces did not directly respond as their areas in Syria were not targeted. The Syrian air defense managed to shoot down or divert 71 of the incoming missiles before they reached their target. The Pentagon, of course, claims that none of its missiles were destroyed or diverted from its aim. But a well-known Syrian opposition outlet disagrees with the Pentagon's claim. A 60 to 70 percent air defense success rate against incoming missiles is stunning. Most of these would have been killed by the Panzer S-1 systems 
Russia supplied to Syria. Every Syrian military airport is now protected by such short-range systems that while eight were targeted, only one was hit. One of the targets that were hit was the undefended Brazar Scientific Research Center near Damascus. The Pentagon claims that chemical weapons are made or stored there. The claim is obviously a lie. Number one, in 2013, Syria joined the Chemical Weapon Convention and gave up all its chemical weapons. Number two, the OPCW had checked all accessible former chemical weapon sites in Syria and observed the destruction of the production equipment. Three, it has since visited and inspected the Brazer facility at least twice. The last time was November 2017. Four, and this is important. One does not attack a site with normal bombs if one knows that chemical weapons are stored there. The bombs would distribute the dangerous chemicals everywhere, and everyone downwind would be seriously affected. You know, not like the U.S. cares about who they affect or kill, but think about that. We're going to bomb a, chem- a place where chemical weapons are stored, and what do you think is going to happen? It's going to release chemicals everywhere. That obviously didn't happen because after the U.S. strikes, people can be seen walking through the fresh ruins, none wearing any protection, so there surely was nothing chemical there. The same holds true for the Jaramana facility hit by the strikes. The Pentagon's claim that the strikes hit Syrian chemical production and storage facilities is a lie. Yes, of course, everything is a lie and a show for us. So, what is the American war machine's conclusion? Last week's push by the media, interventionalists, neoconservatives, for a wider war on Syria and Russia has now been calmed down. Even John McCain, who always wants more war, seems somewhat satisfied. So, please, don't take these media guys seriously. The whole event was just to give a reason to the public for us to remain there and keep punishing, killing, and destroying the homes of the Syrian people because the leader who we don't like because he didn't allow his country to become a vassal state of the U.S. like all our allies are and he didn't allow our interests to be obeyed like agreeing to a pipeline and military bases. So, of course, they want him dead. And this false narrative of claiming Humane reasons for occupation and destabilization is now being accepted again by the sheep majority. And I hope uh, they still see the insanity so we can all agree to reverse our horrible foreign policy. Now, so you know, the true objective is to kill Assad, and they wanted to accomplish this through destabilizing the country. And they've certainly made a mess of it but that is the truth and uh what you don't believe me all right well listen to this this is trump's first dim-witted press secretary sean spicer who uh happened to tell the truth for once listen for both of them the goal for the united states is twofold as i've stated it's one to make sure that we destabilize syria wait what was that sean spicer can you say that again The goal for both of them, the goal for the United States, is twofold. As I've stated, it's one, to make sure that we destabilize Syria. Hmm, what was that, a Freudian slip, perhaps? No, 
just the truth slipping out. And that guy was a real dummy. I can't remember if he said he resigned or they fired him, but I'm sure they fired him and they let him say he quit to save face. But let me give you some more insight on this murderous travesty we have committed in Syria. This is by Stephen Kinzer, and this was April 12th, 2018. During seven devastating years, war in Syria has killed at least 150,000 people and turned more than 10 million into refugees and reduced once thriving towns and cities to rubble. Finally, it's winding down. Syria now has a chance to begin rebuilding. The country can be reunited, its economy can start to function again, and a measure of political stability can return. None of that, however, is likely to happen. American military and security planners are determined to prevent it as long as President Bashir al-Assad is in power. The specter of peace and prosperity under Assad's leadership terrifies them. They believe that until he's gone, it is in Americans' interest to keep Syria divided, unstable, and impoverished. Much of Syria's water, much of their oil, and much of its best agriculture lie in regions controlled by U.S.-backed rebel factions. This gives the Americans a magnificent opportunity. We could encourage our Kurdish allies and other rebel groups to negotiate a peace accord with Assad, who seems likely to remain in power for years to come. That would lay the foundation for a stable Syria, which is why we are unlikely to do it. According to the logic behind American strategy in the Middle East and the rest of the world, one of our principal goals should be to prevent peace or prosperity from breaking out in countries whose governments are unfriendly to us. That outcome in Syria would have results we would consider intolerable. First, it would signal final victory for the Assad government, which we delude ourselves into thinking we could crush. Second, it would allow Russia, which has been Assad's ally, to maintain its influence in Syria. More frighteningly, it might allow stability to spread to nearby countries. Today, for the first time in modern history, the governments of Syria, Iraq, Iran, and Lebanon are all on good terms. A partnership among them could lay the foundation for a new Middle East. That new Middle East, however, would not be submissive to the United States. Israel, and the Saudi Arabia coalition. For that reason, we are determined to prevent it from emerging. Better to keep all these countries in misery and conflict than to allow them to thrive while they defy the U.S. Now, all I want to point out is that we are a force for evil, and our allied bankers and war plutocrats are spoiled, rotten babies that must be stopped and imprisoned and stripped of all their bloody money. Saudi Arabia, the U.S., and the Zionists want Assad dead. And you can damn well conclude we should support Assad, even if for that reason alone. But there are more reasons to do it also. Until we have an overthrow in America, we will keep abusing the Syrian people and using the British group, the White Helmets, for propaganda and false flag events to try to legitimize our crimes to the narrow-minded public. But our well-heeled sociopathic military leaders 
knows they better not mess with Russia. So we'll see where this goes. The only time these bastards will launch a massive war with Russia is when the profits are sucked dry and the living planet can no longer be plundered for their continued revenue streams. And that time is not so far off. So we need to imprison them very soon. Let's keep our eyes wide and wake up as many sheep people on the left and right side of the dichotomy the best we can because people are beginning to see the need for a total purging of all our leaders. Now, I'm going to take a moment to point out the staggering hypocrisy of our media and government. After just launching Tomahawk missiles at targets in Damascus, let's first of all arrest Tony Blair, George Bush, Dick Cheney, Gordon Brown, and Condoleezza Rice, among others. Get them in chains and hand down the indictments. And do it now because there is absolutely... No evidence to support the claims that Assad's military used chemical weapons in Duma two weeks ago or ever. We know that the U.S. and the U.K. used chemical weapons in Iraq. The first battle for Fallujah in April 2004 was a month-long bombardment during which U.S. forces failed to take the city. The second battle in November that year destroyed the city. To justify that breathtaking carnage and loss of life, the liar said that Fallujah was an insurgent stronghold. The U.S. and U.K. forces deployed white phosphorus shells and depleted uranium weapons. A year earlier, which was 2003, when told that Iraq had complained about the use of depleted uranium munitions, Colonel James Naughton of the U.S. Army Material Command stated in a Pentagon briefing that they want it just to go away because we kicked the crap out of them. Jeez, what a psychopath. I hate these freaking army people. A 2010 study into the effects of these weapons on Fallujah concluded that Increase in infant mortality, cancer, and leukemia in the city exceeded those reported by the survivors of the atomic bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Still think we're the good guys? We're the righteous ones? More than 300,000 depleted uranium rounds were fired on the city, some of them from British tanks. It's just unimaginably evil. The British journalist Robert Fisk visited Fallujah for the Independent newspaper in 2012. He produced a special report on the legacy of the bombardment of the city and how large numbers of babies were being born with horrific deformities in the hospital there. All right, I got to stop there because I get emotional thinking about this stuff. It, It just makes me so sad and angry. Let me just end this without gruesome details. So Fisk's report and the accompanying uh, photographs are sickening. And his findings were endorsed by a number of visiting uh, physicians, journalists, academics, and people like uh, Dr. Chris Busby and Robert Kohler. But there has never been any investigation, of course, and there has never been any serious calls for those responsible for the most vile crimes against humanity to stand trial for them. Not a word. Also last year, the U.S. coalition in Iraq and Syria appears to have used white phosphorus-loaded munitions on at least two occasions in densely populated areas 
of Mosul and in the Islamic State's de facto capital of Raqqa, according to videos posted online and from human rights groups. These often controversial munitions are common in Western militaries and are used primarily to create smoke screens, though they can also be dropped as an incendiary weapon. When a white phosphorus shell explodes, the chemical inside reacts with the air, creating a thick white cloud, and when it comes into contact with flesh, it can maim and kill by burning to the bone. Can you imagine that? So apparently... Men and women and children can be bombed, burned, decapitated, crushed, shot, starved, or merely terrorized. But they most certainly cannot be gassed, according to us. That's against Western values. We really should call the United States uh, the United States of hypocrisy. You know, our chant can be U.S.H. It's so disturbing, and we need to face the facts. I mean, I know... You guys and girls who listen to PRN are awakened and know what's going on, but we need to wake up the people who just don't care or never look into things so we can all get on the same page. All right, well, the sick military reality show brought up the fear of nuclear war within us, and it is always a frightening possibility, and I heard people say it's more close to it now than during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And back then we had a level-headed president who defied the military advisors, like uh, the madman General Curtis LeMay. Oh, that guy was nuts. And, you know, of course they wanted to bomb Russia, but Kennedy had a cooler head. Now look who's in charge of the White House. So, yeah, it's scary. And I'm going to play a new original song about a post-apocalyptic world after the nukes fall and how a basic need that is denied can cause instant madness. And I bet you'll never guess what that uh, desire is that I talk about in the song. Well, you're about to find out. And I hope it makes you laugh because if we made a song of such dark premise that makes you laugh, That is indeed a great song, in my opinion. Okay, so I co-wrote this song with Scott Parrish, who we all wish a good recovery from chemo and radiation that burned the hell out of his throat. And uh, it's been so tough for him trying to recover his health over the last years. So I wish him the best. And this song first emerged from his warped and creative mind. And I finished off the lyrics and structured it and sing. So now, please, if you would, imagine a dark world covered in ash because our overlords decided to do the unconscionable horror of pressing the big red button. Now, as you are forced to emerge from your shelter, driven by need, you face the reality of what had occurred. This is... Love amidst the ruins. Roll it, Vinny Jr. i 
dust in the hay. Well, he's searching for survivors. He's been trapped alone for days. Love amidst the ruins. Aries ignites a Brody's passion. Love amidst the ruins. The danger brings a Chose our fate, but seclusion in the ruins left him longing for a mate. Isolation, desperation, other feelings we can escape, but the burning desire that moves him. A woman to embrace love amidst the ruins. Aries ignites Aphrodite's passion. Love amidst the ruins. The danger brings a greater satisfaction.
yes, his condition was terminal, and we must prevent this from becoming a reality. Well, that song is epic, and uh, I'd like to thank the people who performed on it, uh, the Boom Kings. And uh, the great guitar work was done by a guy named Al, and if we could just give out some positive energy to him, he's uh, in a very unstable condition in the hospital right now, and let's really hope he gets better because he's a very nice guy and a great guitar player. And I sure would love to see him play again. My friend Chris uh, played the drums, and Kevin on bass, who also uh, recorded and mixed that song, and uh, they all did great jobs. And the singing was done by yours truly. Well, I hope you enjoyed that musical segment this week. And now I would like to move on and give you my commentary on Donald Trump. Because this is such a tragic comedy, Now, all our politicians are just actors, and everything's a show. Now, the last three presidents, which took up the last 24 years, they all made me ill when I listened to them talk because I see through the bullcrap, and hearing their straight-faced lies and hypocrisy enrages me. But they at least acted somewhat presidential. Clinton and Obama were slimy con men, but acted somewhat rational. Bush was just a dimwit, but at least he didn't seem ultra-narcissistic. And some people even thought he, he was a nice guy and they'd like to have a beer with him. But this new president is in a class by himself. He's such a spoiled brat and an arrogant POS. I just want to slap him when he talks. The way someone expresses themselves through... Use of words and body language is a good indication of their level of awareness, intelligence, and compassion. And it can tell you exactly what a person's personality is, especially if they're honest people. It doesn't matter if their vocabulary is limited or huge. You can tell a lot about people just by the way they talk. However, a con man can disguise this, and some people can seem totally different in public than who they truly are inside. And some of these people go on to become successful politicians because, you know, politics is acting for ugly people. Obama was great at portraying himself as a nice guy and acting presidential while he killed innocent people in the Middle East and robbed the middle class of real change in health care and bailed out the 1%. But he chose his words well for the PC world. And he fooled many sheep people into thinking he was a a good guy and well-meaning. Now, Trump is also a con man, but his style is that of a narcissistic buffoon. And he can't hide it. I would be amazed if you don't agree with me. So listen to this and tell me, what does this kind of use of words tell you about a man? Nobody knows the system better than me. Nobody knows politicians better than I do. Nobody knows. Nobody's better. Nobody's stronger. There's nobody bigger or better at the military than I am. I love the First Amendment. Nobody loves it better than me. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. There is nobody that respects women more than I do. Nobody builds walls better than me. Nobody in the history of this country has ever known so much about infrastructure as Donald Trump. Nobody knows debt better than me. Nobody even understands it but me. Nobody can do it like me. Which is why I 
alone can fix it. I have Ivy League education, smart guy. I know words. I have the best words. I mean, like, I'm a smart person. It's this. It's not my salesmanship. It's what? This. You know what that is? The brain power. I'm getting thousands of letters and tweets that I was right about the whole situation. I mean, I've been right about a lot of things, frankly. I should be a newscaster because I called it before the news. I watch this stuff. You know, I'm like a guy with vision. I have an instinct for this kind of thing. I'm good at war. I've had a lot of wars of my own. I'm really good at war. In my book, I predicted terrorism. It's a rigged system. I think I've done a great service by pointing this out. I was the one that really broke the glass ceiling on behalf of women. I think I'm doing the military a great favor. Did a great job in Texas, a great job in Florida. I truly believe that the first 100 days of my administration has been just about the most successful in our country's history. It looked like a million, a million and a half people. Thank you, everybody. What a crowd, what a turnout. I understand steaks. It's my favorite food, and these are the best. Was this a good vote? How am I doing? Am I doing? Okay, I'm president. Hey, I'm president. Can you believe it, right? Well, it's hard to believe, and this guy thinks he's the greatest president in the world when you can tell. He's a narcissistic buffoon that has failed upward and is a spoiled, rotten billionaire. That's such a great choice for president, America. I mean, let's not have humane, intelligent people who want what's best for all people as candidates. Let's elect a billionaire businessman or slimy, conniving lawyers with no attachment to reality of the middle class or the lower class, and no empathy or good intentions. Just con men and women that love the status quo of plutocracy because they're doing just fine and they're quite rich themselves. And this Donnie Chump exemplifies everything wrong with America. So in some ways he is a perfect president and a clear signal to the dire need for revolution. He speaks in familiar patterns and always repeats himself. This is his go-to line when asked about anything. And it's sad he gets away with it. Reporters don't ever push him or or they never pushed any president or politician. They just say what they want to say and get out of anything. Listen to this. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. That's possible and it's also possible that we won't. Uh, we will see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we can get that pipeline built. The Paris Accord, we'll see what happens. As far as North Korea is concerned, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't like to talk about what I have planned. We'll see what happens with Mr. Bannon. You're going to see in about two hours. We'll see what happens. We're going to see what happens. What happens. What happens. Okay? You're going to see. You're going to see. We'll see what happens. And we'll see where it all goes. We'll find out. Let's see if we pull it off. We'll see how things go. We'll see how it all turns out. We'll see. We'll see the end result which will be in a long period of time, perhaps. So let's see what happens. Let's see. We're working it out. We'll see. Solar wall panels. Beautiful. We'll see how that is. We're going to see what it is. We're going to see how that all works out. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We will uh, perhaps do that. We'll see. That's a possibility. So let's see what we do. I think he wants to help. 
We'll see whether or not he does. We have just gotten started. When you see what's coming, folks. So we'll see what happens. Well, you'll see. You'll see. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Let's see what happens. We will see. You will see what happens. So we'll see. You know, I have confidence in him. We'll see what happens. If it's necessary, we'll have to see. But I hope it's not necessary. So we'll see how that works out. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I said... I'll, you know, consider. We'll see what happens. So we'll see what happens. It may be effective. It may not be effective. And we'll see what happens. Okay. And we'll see. 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 We will see. We will see. Let's see. We'll see what happens. I mean, we're going to see what happens. If it happens, that'll be wonderful. And if it doesn't, that'll be okay too. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens if the people finally decide to throw you out along with all the other usurpers of our government. I mean, this guy and all the money addicts should be taken away to a guarded institution and treated for the most socially destructive mental illness in the world. Insatiable greed and having no empathy. I'm sickened by people who support sock puppet presidents with no heart like this lump of pond scum and the previous ones. So I want to give an example of how even smart people thought or still think that Donald Trump is going to change the deep state like a new JFK and bring all the troops home and end the grand chessboard foreign policy of world hegemony. And anyone who is still trapped in the dichotomy of division on the righty side think what Trump says he's actually going to get done or at least do his best to to try. Well, he can't. And they will give you a reason he can't. It's either chemical weapons and humanitarian bombing is necessary, or they just say, well, we didn't get enough votes in the Senate. Sorry, folks. That way you can continue to believe in the lie of democracy in two parties, even though nothing ever changes. Nothing can change within a veiled plutocracy. And I still call it veiled because most of us don't even know it yet. They still believe the next election will change things. And I can't really muster up much respect for people who believe there are two parties with different goals. I guess I can give you a pass if you're under 30 and aren't aware of how things work yet because you're still freshly brainwashed. But You just have to learn one thing. We don't have a two-party system. Big money plutocrats run the world from the shadows, and our political system is a sham. Everything is a show, from elections to war to hookers suing the president or getting oral in the Oval Office. It's all a show, and it helps keep us distracted. And now that you know that, you're officially no longer a sheep person. So congratulate yourself. And don't be despaired because we can fix it so easily once we all wake up to reality. And we don't have to go through a catastrophic period or bloody anarchy or violence. We can change it without a drop of blood falling. All we have to do is demand money out of governance. But first, of course, we got to admit the government is broken and has been usurped. So some people that I used to listen to who seemed awake and aware when Obama was president suddenly changed once Trump emerged. They believed his campaign statements and promises and thought he could actually change things. And I instantly lost respect for these people 
and never listened to them anymore. But there was one exception who I respected too much to stop listening to, and his name is Paul Craig Roberts. And I encourage you to read his stuff and listen to him give interviews. I've known him of him for a long time, and he has great perspective. Paul is a needed voice and does good articles and interviews and has truth on his side. I mean, he was an insider with the Reagan administration, so he knows how power is wielded. But even he thought Trump might be able to reverse our foreign policy right up to about last year. Now, to me, this is the same equivalent as believing Obama was going to fix health care and finally give a sensible single-payer system and kick the insurance companies to the curb. And that's the same measure of delusion. It's uh, just one on the right side and one on the left side. But at least with Paul Craig Roberts, he admitted he was wrong. I think it, it was about a year ago after last year's chemical false flag and Trump bombed Syria. And now a year later, the same scam is happening. Well, he said he was wrong about Trump, and I admire that. And as I always say, admitting you were wrong is the most noble thing you can do. But unfortunately, I think Paul believes Trump was defeated by the deep state instead of agreeing to serve them. So listen up, Paul and everyone else. All the candidates are vetted by the plutocrats long before the election, or they wouldn't make it. They'd be assassinated or, uh, you know, kicked out in some way if they defy the rulers, the true rulers, the plutocrats. Like, Trump and Hillary were forced to go to the secret Bilderberg meetings, and they vow to serve the interests of the plutocrats, and they are happily willing to do so because they're filthy rich and sociopathic as well. They love the status quo, and we still vote for them and haven't revolted yet, which is the most amazing part of it all. So Trump, like the rest of them, is just a con man who agreed to serve the plutocrats, and his only motivation is for attention. He loves the attention, and to live in the pages of history after his extravagant life ends. And uh, that motivated Obama too first black person to be president. He'll be remembered in history. But that's it. There's nothing more to see. It's just a show in an acting role. So Paul isn't totally aware of how plutocracy works, but he's very astute on America's foreign affairs and the neocons in the deep state. I call them the war plutocrats. But here is just one line from a post I saw from him. As Americans, we face the possibility that we have a criminally insane government in Washington that is leading the world to destruction. I mean, come on, Paul. It's not a possibility. It's clear and apparent and has been for a long time. So even smart people haven't gone far enough in their thinking. Okay, my final point on this is only an overthrow of plutocracy can change anything. Stop believing politicians, period. Okay, now, moving on. I want to point out how the word plutocracy unequivocally applies to every sector of government and the economy. And if anyone believes it's a good way to govern, first let me say you're a sick idiot. And second, listen to this. 
The U.S. taxpayers have overwhelmingly borne the brunt of both the military and self-caused reconstruction costs, spending at least $138 billion on private security, logistics, and reconstruction contractors who have supplied everything from diplomatic security to power plants and toilet paper. An analyst by the Financial Times reveals to the extent to which both American and foreign companies have profited from the conflict with the top 10 contractors securing businesses worth at least $72 billion between them. None has benefited more than KBR, once known as Kellogg, Brown & Root, the controversial former subsidiary of Halliburton, which was once run by Dick Cheney, was awarded at least $39.5 billion in federal contracts related to the Iraq war over the past decade. All the money is taken from us, the taxpayers. So even if you're indifferent to imperialism and world hegemony, how do you feel about massive stealing of our tax money for an out-of-control military? So how does our economy work out? It must be fair because we just love it so much we never revolt. Well, under Obama, that nice guy who talked about income inequality, 95% of incomes gained from 2009 to 2012, went to the top 1%. 95% to the top 1% of the earning population. But don't worry, Trump is making it better. A new Oxfam report has found that 82% of the wealth generated last year, 2017, went to the richest 1% of the global population. And 0% went to the poorest half, which is 3.7 billion people. might not be quite as repulsive as Obama, but obviously nothing has changed. So how do our corporate plutocrats look at the world? Coastal towns would enjoy an economic boom from a massive oil spill in the Great Australian Bright, BP claimed in newly revealed documents from a 2016 drilling bid. The oil giant said any cleanup operation following a huge spill would bring a welcome boost to local economies. Isn't that nice? Maybe we should spill on purpose just for jobs. How about this one? From possibly the sickest corporation in the world, Goldman Sachs. Curing patients' illnesses is bad for business. In a recent report for its biotech clients, investment bank Goldman Sachs frowned upon a new type of genome therapy that could permanently cure disease. As CNBC originally reported, Goldman Sachs published a report on April 10th called The Genome Revolution, which evaluated the question, is curing patients a sustainable business model? Analyst Salvin Richter explained that new forms of long-term cures involving genome therapy may be good for humanity, but bad for capitalism. The potential to deliver one-shot cures is one of the most attractive aspects of gene therapy, genetically engineered cell therapy, and gene editing. However, such treatments offer a very different outlook with regard to recurring revenue versus chronic therapies, Richter wrote. While this proposition carries tremendous value for patients and society, It could represent a challenge for genome medicine developers looking for sustained cash flow. 
anyone still doubt me that money trumps humanity in government and economy? Plutocrats will have people die and suffer just for more dough that they couldn't possibly spend in 10 lifetimes. And Lloyd Blankfiend is a plutocrat. I call him Blankfiend because he's a fiend. How do we allow this? They call it capitalism and say it's the best way to run an economy. How can anyone still believe this crap? You know, jam your economic degrees and college indoctrination credentials where the sun don't shine, you brainless, soulless automatons. This is not the best way to run a society. They also like to say we can't change things because it will eliminate jobs and the economy will crash. Bullcrap. You people have no imagination and are only indoctrinated. We need to eliminate about 50% of all jobs because they're useless or socially detrimental or environmentally detrimental. We need to start a new resource-based economy and end this monetary system of inhumanity and environmental destruction. Now next week I'm going to try to talk more about jobs and how we can eliminate the detrimental and superfluous ones and still keep people safe by government-paid retraining to honest and useful jobs and guaranteed incomes. Well, uh, it was a pleasure to have you with me again this week, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And please join me again next week on The Plutocracy Report. I'm Vince Marcanti, and I wish you well, and have a wonderful week, everybody. Until next time, bye-bye. Looking out at the destruction Through the dust in the hay Well, he's searching for survivors He's been trapped alone for days Love amidst the ruins Aries ignites a brutality Love amidst the ruins The danger brings a satisfaction Now the overlords and the tyrants We're the ones who chose our fate But seclusion in the ruins I'm longing for a mate Isolation, desperation Are the feelings we can escape But the burning desire that moves him Find a woman to embrace Love amidst the ruins Ignite Sephardi's passion Love amidst the ruins The danger brings you greater satisfaction
Ignite the brain. 